Hi, everyone. My name is Greg, and welcome back to the podcast, My First Season. In this podcast, I interview people who work for resorts, hotels, cruise ships, and airlines, and we'll talk about their first season in the travel and tourism industry. My guest today and I worked together in Columbus Isle, Columbia, Columbus Isle in 1999-2000. That is where we met. Her first season was in Turks and Caicos in 1990. Everyone, ladies and gentlemen, please help me welcome Miss Veronica Margellos. Veronica, how are you? All is good. Woo! I'm good. How are you? Good. So good. So good to hear your voice after all these years. So good. I know it's been a long time. It has, but you know, it feels like just yesterday that, you know, now that I hear your voice, it's taking me back to, you know, 2000 Y2K Bahamas. (laughs) I feel like I'm right back there. (laughs) It's only a mere 21 years ago, right? Oh, I know that was, (laughs) no, that can be 21. It was only like a couple of years ago. Don't try to make me older. Oh, you're right. You're right. No, no, you're absolutely right. It was like, yeah, like two years ago. (laughs) (laughs) So you probably know how we do this here, you know, because I know about you from Columbus, but I probably don't remember or probably didn't even ask you about your your first season. And that's that's why we're here. So I was wondering if you can take me back in time to where you were living. What were you doing? Were you uh, working, a student? And how did you find out about Club Med in general? So we're going to go back just just a little bit, because like I said, you know, I'm not that old. So we're going to go back. Uh, It was 1990 was my first season. It was Turks and Caicos. But how I came across is my father used to vacation in the 80s in Club Med. Wow. And when he kept telling me, you should apply for this job, you, I think you would really enjoy it. You should apply for it. So I kind of blindly went, sent in an application. Wait, um, wait where, where were you living right, right had now? had an interview. Where were you living? Coming. Sorry. Sorry. Where were you living? Oh, I was living in I was living in uh, California. I was in California. That's uh, that's where I'm from. So I where? was living in uh, California and uh, I I was uh, building and engineering. What? Really? That's what I used to do. Are you serious? Yes. Wow. I, you know, yeah, I wore, you know, the three piece suit and the heels and the, you know, the pantyhose and my wow. hair and my makeup. Oh, yeah, that's what I did. Where about in California were you? I was living, um, I'm trying to remember, I was living, I was born in Lancaster, California, which is the high desert. And then I moved to Manhattan Beach. And that's the the last place I was living before Club Med was in Manhattan Beach. Okay, so wow. So you build building, working in building engineering. And what what made you is it, was it like a now or never? Like, you know, if I don't do it now, I won't get the chance again. What, what, uh, what, what drove you to, uh, to apply? Well, I think I just did it because my father kept telling me you should apply. You should apply. So I said, okay, I went ahead and applied and I did an interview. They came to Los Angeles and I, I did a face-to-face interview and uh, I, I don't remember a lot about the interview. I remember they were, just kept asking, what are your talents? And I'm like, well, I don't really have any talents. I used to do like Tahitian dancing when I was like 10 that, and I ice skated. That was about the only talents I had, I think. <laughs> hey, <laughs> there's not, not, not much ice in Club Ed, but hey, I guess, uh, I guess, I guess they're thinking in their head, choreographer, choreographer, right? <laughs> I, yeah, I didn't even know, but it was really bizarre. So I remember they, they sent me a letter and they said, yes, you have 
a job in Club Med, but we don't have anything open at the time. So I decided, um, well, actually, my father decided to send me to Playa Blanca, I think it was in 89. And he sent me on a four day vacation to Playa Blanca. Wow. Okay. Playa in the 80s. Okay. <laughs> and yeah, that must so have been I went fun. to Playa, there was, you know, there was no locks on the doors. Oh, yeah. yeah, it was it was it was very bizarre. Like I, I vaguely remember and I've done Playa after that. And the village really didn't change much from the 80s to the 90s at all really did not change except they put locks on the doors and that about all they did, I think. So wow, okay, so when they finally have your position and uh, and you find out you're going to Turks, did you know, do you know anything about Turks and Caicos? No. So I went to I went on vacation to Playa was there for four days, talked to the chef de village, which I can't even remember who it was and said, Hey, do you have anything available right now for me to stay? And he said, no. And I said, okay, went back home to California, went back to my building and engineering life. And about, you know, six months, eight months later, I was having a really bad day at work. And I called club med and I said, I'm ready to go. And they said, can you leave in four days? And I went, yeah, but I don't have a passport. And they said, well, drive down to Los Angeles to the embassy and we'll send in a letter so you can get an emergency passport that day. And that's what I did. And I left three days later, had no idea where I was going until I looked, I went to a place and got a catalog to look at what Turks and Caicos was. Like I had no clue what turquoise was. I was like, turquoise, where am I going? I don't understand that. And uh, yeah, and I was off on a plane in three days after that. Did they tell you what you were going to be doing there? Yeah, I did. Uh, uh, they said I was going as boutique. And that's what I started my uh, first season at, as boutique. Wow. Did you have any experience in boutiques before? <laughs> no, not really. But you didn't need a lot, a whole lot of experience. I mean, I was, you know, sitting behind the counter selling clothes or selling a lot of sunscreen to a bunch of New Yorkers. <laughs> Pretty much that was all I was doing. <laughs> Did you get any uh, experience, any culture shock when you got to the resort or because you'd already been to Playa, you were, you were uh, like, nothing could phase you. <laughs> no, it was definitely a culture shock. I mean, having never being around the East coast crowd and especially with the big charter that came in from New York, it was, it was definitely a big culture shock, you know, from being from Southern California and then having all these people come, I was, my eyes were like big silver dollars. I think all the time when I was looking, just like not understanding what was going on. Plus it was, I had a little bit of homesickness too. I think it was, it was hard. Do you recall what month you arrived in Turks? Yeah, I think I arrived. Change of season is probably what around May, April, May. So I arrived in March because I arrived with the team that was leaving. I did one month before that team was leaving for their transition. So Everyone that I kind of met left and then a whole new season geos all came in, new chef de village and everyone. Do you recall who the chief of village was? I don't remember who the chef de village was when I was there, but my mine was Carlos Castro. That's who I was. Oh yeah. Okay. So when you're, so you're in the boutique, did you want to change jobs uh, immediately or you were fine staying where you were for the moment? No, I think I was fine staying where I was. I mean, I think it was just such the culture shock of just, you know, at that time it was, you know, you work seven days a week, there was no days off and I enjoyed it. I had, you know, I seemed to have free time. So I learned how to scuba dive there and learned how to do sport. And 
you know, I was quite content and I had a really nice boutique team that I worked with and I, I got along with them really well. So we had a, I had a lot of fun. So you learned to scuba dive in the resort. Did you get certified in the resort? I did. So my, the first season there, I went ahead and did my, my, I don't even think I'm trying to remember. I think it was my open water. So yeah, it was my open water. My very first season. I did that in 1990. I, I, and that was when you had to I think you did the resort course, which took four days. And then over the period of six months, I went ahead and tested and did all of my paddy work. And that's what I was. I became a paddy uh, open water diver my first season. You have any Jojo stories? Uh, yeah, I have lots of Jojo okay. stories. <laughs> Let's hear one. Let's hear a good one. <laughs> <laughs> Jojo. Very. Oh, my gosh. If no one knows Jojo, Jojo yes. is the dolphin. And at the time when I was there, there was really nothing else on the island. So there used to be a dog also that used to hang out with Jojo. There was like a dog that lived on the island and Jojo and the dog would swim all the time in the water together. It was it was very cute, but very bizarre. I remember trying to learn how to windsurf and I was I was out in the middle and I'm struggling, trying to pick up the sail and do everything. And Jojo happened to come by and would kept knocking me off my board, like would come up from underneath and hit my board and knock me off. And then, you know, I'd get back on the board and I'd start again and Jojo would swim around and knock me off and kept just knock me off. And you could almost hear him laughing underwater. He thought it was the funniest thing in the world. And it, I finally, the the windsurf deals had to come and get me because I couldn't get on my board to get back in because Jojo would not let me get on my board to stand up and windsurf. <laughs> well, yeah, that's, that's funny. Cause if you've never windsurfed, you spend a lot of time not on the board, but here you are getting thrown off your board by a wild dolphin, which, yeah, that's pretty crazy. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> wow. Yeah, a- and he was funny. Jojo was funny. Cause he used to hang out a lot. And he would, like I said, he would swim around. Uh, the that's when they had water ski, and all the time he would torment the water ski dog, torment the water skiers, like hold onto the water ski rope underwater. So the water skiers would, the geos would try to be pulling the the rope up, and he would hold onto the rope on the bottom, and they couldn't get the rope up all the time. He just all the time just just causing a lot of havoc. <laughs> yeah, he's a little bugger that one. Yeah. <laughs> Um, well, let's go. Okay. I could talk about Jojo for a while. Okay. So let's go back to resort life. Uh, so did you know, or did they, in your interview, did they tell you that you might be asked to participate in the shows, dance on stage? Were you fine with all that? Yeah, they did say I, I had to dance on stage and I was like, okay, I didn't really understand too much. I mean, when I went on vacation, I did do the GM show. So I kind of understood, but boy, was it an eye opener all of a sudden going on stage, being in a room with everyone and having to get undressed in front of everyone. It was, it was a little scary. It was a little intimidating. Oh yeah. Yeah. The uh, dressing rooms of Clamera, uh, little to no privacy, uh, very tiny. <laughs> so if you're and, so- very, and very tiny costumes. I've always yeah. noticed very tiny <laughs> costumes too. <laughs> so were you a little shy or introverted back then your first season? I think I was more, I don't think I was super shy, but I definitely was a little starry. I, I think that I looked at a lot of people and it was hard because as I said, I arrived a month earlier than my whole entire team. So I know that some of the geos that I had met that were going out were probably a little bit of a bad influence. Kenton Smith was one of the first geos I met. 
<laughs> Wait, he was a geo then? Yes, he was. Oh. He was a geo. I think I think he might have been uh gosh, I don't even know. Maybe land sports, maybe windsurfing. I'm not really quite sure what he was doing there. Okay. Wow. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so you had, uh, so the team was, uh, had quite a bit of partiers, I'm guessing. Yeah. A lot of partiers. There were a lot of partiers and they were definitely, uh, said, Oh, look at your very first season geo. We'll show you the ropes. <laughs> oh boy. Okay. <laughs> that was awfully nice of them. Okay. <laughs> meet and meet and greet type of people, I guess. Okay. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Wow. Okay. Did you, uh, do you recall the, like the shows there? Did you have a favorite one? Like, or, and did you really like the midnight rehearsals? Oh, I didn't mind the rehearsals at all. I liked the rehearsals. I thought they were fun because that was really okay. kind of the time that, yeah, it was kind of the time that you got to bond with some of your, from the other GOs. Cause a lot of times you were so busy during the day doing your, doing your service, which I was in the boutique most of the time. And then after that you had to do like entrance of the restaurant and fruit passage and all this stuff. So this was a chance where you got to meet people from the other teams and just kind of hang out. Um, the shows, I don't remember the shows. Cell Block Tango. I do remember Cell Block Tango, though. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's from uh, Chicago, I think. Yeah, I think okay. it is. Yes. Okay. So, wow. All right. Did any, uh, did you call any celebrities go through there or athletes or singers? Do you remember? Did you meet anyone quasi-famous uh, in 1990? No, I did not. It's not in that season. I definitely, in other seasons, I did. I met some really amazing people, but the first season, I don't really recall anyone that I, I met. And, uh, what was it like, I guess, being a tad shy, knowing that you had to eat meals three times a day with the, with the guests? Did you get better at that or were you nervous at first? Yeah, I was really nervous because going in and having to, to kind of put yourself out there and then, you know, sitting at the table and they put the little spoon in the glass to say that you're the geo sitting at this table. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Wow. I forgot about that. Yep. Oh. Spoon in the glass. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> So the hostesses, like, you know, you had hostesses back then. So did you ask them where to be placed or they just placed you? Oh, they just placed you. Oh, you, okay. you really didn't have a lot of choice in there. They would just place you. And it was hard at first. And I think more and more, it was, it was easier in some aspects because I was first season. So it was easy when they would talk to me. But I didn't have a lot of answers, which was really hard, especially when they ask you, what's your favorite club or what's your, and I'll be like, uh, I don't know. I've only been here. I don't know anything else. <laughs> <laughs> were there, uh, were there a lot of Europeans that came during the summer? No, not, not so much towards um, July and August. There were some Europeans, but I really don't read. There was. More Europeans on the geo team is where I started learning, you know, that there was more than just the United States and Canada out there. So uh, I started meeting a lot of the uh, French geos, especially like on the cuisine team. There were a lot of French geos on the cuisine team. Did you have any hurricanes your first season? No, I was very lucky. No hurricanes, not anything, just rain. But that was it. No how, hurricanes. How long did you uh, spend at Turks your first season? I spent about seven to eight months there. All right. So you've already told us, I could listen to your Jojo stories all day, by the way, but um, <laughs> do you, do you, is there, was there anything, uh, you have any funny, clean, appropriate story? <laughs> like did anything crazy happen? Uh, crazy GM? I mean, I don't know. Like it doesn't have to be funny, I guess, but was there something that happened on a day trip somewhere, an excursion? Uh, no, but I know that there's, there was a couple of funny stories. There was 
So I worked with the, one of the geos that worked with me, she was a uh, European she uh, she was French, and I remember she was she just learned English, so her English was um, you know somewhat you know pretty rusty, but she could she could get by. And I remember the New Yorkers would come in, and they would ask for you know various things, sunscreens, candy bars, whatever they were asking, and they would be asking, and they'd be kind of boisterous and talking and all the time. And she'd always kind of tug on my shoulder afterwards and go, Veronica, Veronica. She goes, I go, yeah. And she goes, what language are they speaking? I don't understand that. I'm like, oh, honey, that's from New York. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. <laughs> well, each, yeah, each of those five boroughs has their own accent, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they, it, you know, and like I, the, I think the funniest thing is, was, all the time, you know, the guests, the the GMs would arrive and you'd see them and you'd be like, hi, you know, I'm Veronica, I work in the boutique. So make sure that you wear sunscreen because the sun is a lot stronger than it is that you're used to. And by the third day, they would be just burnt, burnt, bright red. And you would, you know, get them the sunscreen. And then they would, by the end of the week, they'd be peeling like snakes all the time. And they'd always come to you and go, Oh, I should have bought that sunscreen when you told me. You'd be like, yeah, you should have. <laughs> my 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 first season was at Turk, so yeah, you're bringing back a lot of memories for me too. I was there in '94, so not not long after you. So <laughs> it's just like going a trip down memory lane. <laughs> but your your JoJo story is better than mine. So. <laughs> hats off to you. <laughs> Did you have any employees or managers uh, that stood out to you that made a good impression on you? I mean, they didn't have to be a manager. It could have been just a regular GO. Yeah, there was a, there was a couple of them. Of course, you know, the chef de village, Carlos, he and his wife, Donna, were, they were fabulous. They, uh, they were a lot of fun, had a lot of fun. And there was also a, uh, the regisseur, the choreographer, Uta, who was very funny girl. She was very bubbly and just always inviting. And it was really nice. But I think the one person, there was a windsurfing geo. And I can't recall his name, but I can see his face. And he was from South Africa. And he became like a really great friend of mine at that time. Like he always helped me kind of guided me through like troubled times or when I wasn't really quite sure what to do or how to handle situations or GMs or other geos. It was kind of like having a, a big brother. I think his name was Peter. I think his name was Peter. And uh, so did you, so he was a windsurfing geo. So was he the one that, uh, that taught you the basic lesson? Um, no, not at that time. I learned from uh, uh, another geo at that time. So despite JoJo's interference, did you ever learn eventually how to windsurf? I did. I, I actually learned how to windsurf. I never really perfected my technique in turquoise. I can just tell you that. I, I pretty much suck. Well, yeah, but... because of the damn dolphin. Yeah, I mean, but if you think about it, you know, you learned probably the hardest way there is with <laughs> someone knocking you off a board, well, fish knocking, or mammal knocking you off a board. So I guess that's, uh, you <laughs> You know, what? no better way to learn. <laughs> but it took you a bit longer, but still, I mean... <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you were able to get back, yeah, I right? Think our season, I think in Columbus is when I actually got pretty decent is when we were in Columbus together is when I finally, I, oh, I got oh, really? better. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, well, yeah. There's some pretty good wind there in the winter. That's for sure. Yeah, exactly. When you, so near the, getting near the tail end of your, your time in Turks, now, did they have like the dream sheet back then where you were asked to write, I guess, three villages you'd like to work at? Did they have that in, uh, in 1990? They did. 
So okay. you had a choice of putting down your three villages. There was about six of us that hung out that we were kind of pretty close. There was two scuba geos. There was a bartender. There was me and there was a couple other people. And we all decided the chief of scuba at that time was working there. He was going to Martinique. So he said, I want you all to go to Martinique. So we all put in our one request to go to Martinique. And I don't know how he did it, but we all went to Martinique all together. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's pretty rare. There was rare. about six of us. It was yeah, it was it was really crazy. So we all went there. And did you uh, still work in the boutique in Martinique? I did. I worked. Okay. I worked about two or three more seasons in the boutique, and then after that, I went to like every other activity there possibly was. And you, you went to the sports team, no? Club Med. You did sports, didn't you? Yep, I was in the sports team. I was chief of uh, animation for a while. I did my stage for chief of sports. Wow. Okay. Okay. So Martinique. So Martinique. That would have. Uh, well, wait. So how do you recall working your first Christmas and New Year's in Club Med, or was it just like any day for you? It didn't. It didn't bother you. No. So when I was in Martinique, within my first Christmas, and so everybody, I remember when. I was going to Martinique. It was like, oh, it's a party village. It's just like Turks and Caicos. I don't know what happened, but that season, it was 100% Europeans. There were no Americans in Martinique the six months I was there. None. Zero. And uh, it was a uh, it was a very hard season, but it was a fun season. But we didn't really have Christmas too much. I mean, if we did, I don't remember too much about it. Yeah, because uh, as you know, it's probably the two most days you work the hardest in Club Med, right? It's Christmas and New Year's, right? While the guests yeah, are exactly. while, the, while the guests are eating, you're putting gifts in the rooms and then you're getting ready for the show and then the after show and then the champagne cocktail. <laughs> yeah. And then blowing up balloons and stuffing them in in bags so that you can do the balloon release and yeah, and then oh, getting yeah. the cocktails. Yep. So who who are some of the uh the celebrities that you met later on in your Club Med career? I met I met Arthur Ash, the tennis player. Oh yeah. Okay. I met uh, Rosie O'Donnell. Uh, oh, really? Where? At Turks? Uh, no, I met her actually in Sandpiper. Oh, okay. Okay, because I uh, I'd spoken to another geo that met her there also. He was there. His name was Joel. I think he he did an animation like that DJ. So, yeah, he mentioned he, he met her there also. I guess she liked to go there. <laughs> ah, well, that's pretty and cool. uh, yeah, I met, uh, I think that the, the really nice couple that we met was John Tesh and uh, Connie Selica. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, I guess he, John Tesh is a uh, pianist. And yes. so there was a, a piano in the, the bar area and he used to play every single night. He would just sit there for like an hour and just play for all the GOs and GMs and really, really super nice couple, really nice couple. Did he have his uh, tip jar on the piano? No, just kidding. Um, okay. No, but he actually <laughs> invited like everyone to stay at his house in Malibu. Oh, really? Wow. Okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and funny if all of you guys showed up at once. <laughs> well, yeah, it would have been nice. I think it would have been great. I don't think we, I don't, I don't know if anyone actually went and, and you know, called him out on that, but yeah, it was really nice. <laughs> I hear Malibu's lovely. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, are you glad uh, I, I don't ask this question often but are you you know if you could go back in time are you glad or sad we didn't have social media back then the way it is now I mean I know we we didn't have much back then in the early 90s but if we did are you are you kind of glad that we got to live the moment we weren't recording everything or would you like to have had a Instagram or FaceTime no, I would have okay. never no I think the social media thing I mean I I think it was really great because we got to live in the moment it is kind of hard sometimes because if you didn't have your little disposable camera or your little like 
camera that had batteries that you could never afford. So you always had to like bum batteries off the GM. You don't have a lot of pictures, you know, and like, I know that you said other people have said on there, you couldn't really afford all the time to buy pictures constantly from the photographer. Every once in a while, they throw you a bone and give you some photos. The social media. Yeah. Now it's like they have everything recorded, but you know, there's a lot of things that maybe you don't want to have records of. (laughs) <laughs> exactly well yeah you yeah you mentioned the yeah, the boutique because i recall buying a, yeah, a ton of disposable cameras my first season so but it brings me to another question did you ever have geos that were on the blacklist like and you you couldn't let them buy stuff at the boutique or, or sign oh yeah. Okay. oh yeah they would they they would blow their whole uh, month and you know like the first oh. couple weeks on barbies and cigarettes they'd be gone yeah. So did you, did you get better at saving money? Like, did you have money when you left or like over time you didn't spend it, you didn't spend it at all. Or or in the beginning you were like, ah, I'm going to spend everything. Or did you always, did you always leave a season with money? I always left a season with money, but I kind of, it was funny when I went to club med, I had just bought a new truck, like right, like a couple of months before I had, uh, went for club med and, uh, I bought a, uh, I bought this Nissan truck and when I walked into the dealer, the dealer looked at me and took me for every cent that I possibly had. You know, I'm a 22, 23 year old girl going, hi, I'd like to buy a new car, please. And uh, so when I went to Club Med, I remember I called and I gave a repo on my truck and I had them repo my truck. (laughs) Are you serious? Yeah, I had them repo my truck. It was brand new and I was like, and I called and I said, yep. And that was it. I mean, they took my truck back and I was, you know, and that from that, I, I really tried to save as much money. I never was on the blacklist, but I think the people that are on the blacklist definitely were the people who smoked. They definitely lost a lot of money buying cigarettes. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cause everything is like comes in by boat or plane, you know, so things are expensive, right? So you have to charge a lot to cover the, uh, the shipping costs and all that. Yeah. So Oh yeah, everything was expensive. Uh, wow. So when we met, we met in 99-2000. So what did, what did you think of the team at, at uh, Club Med Columbus Isle? It was I thought I thought there was a lot of talent on that team. So am I wrong? No, there was a there was a great amount of talent on that team and I think a lot of diversity. There was a lot of people. There was Angie, there was Vincent. There was it was just I think it was a really well-rounded team and I think everyone had something to to bring to that team definitely yeah Angie and Vincent were also like stagiaire like chief of villages so they were they were becoming so you had Philippe the chief of village and you had Angie and Vincent and then you know so you you know you there was a lot a lot of leadership a lot a lot of talent there and uh like I like I uh, just mentioned to Nick earlier we even had one of the lifeguards at the pool became a chief of village himself Duda so which is crazy because uh you know that we even we didn't even know we had that much talent when we were there you know what i mean like <laughs> oh yeah definitely uh vincent i actually um he did from that season i had met him one season before but then that season you know we got we became pretty close and he actually gave me my first position as chief of animation in arziv israel oh wow so oh you did arziv huh which uh, which yeah. which year was that two uh, yeah, 2001, 2000. What, what, when did I do that season? <laughs> well, you're around the uh, right date because it closed not 
not long after. So yeah, I think you're, no, you're around the right time. I uh, closed. Yeah. And I closed the village actually, because, uh, that's, uh, Oh, that's when, uh, September 11th happened. I was yeah, there. Yeah. I have friends that work there and they said that, you know, you get a lot of obviously Israeli soldiers on, on vacation or, you know, three days off and they make them check their uh, M16s in the vault. Correct. Like they wouldn't let that them. is correct. That is correct. <laughs> and then you, you hand these people that are driving up in these really expensive cars and they pull up and then you give them, here's your sheets for your bed. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, and by the way, we're going to do a tour. So this would be your bomb shelter over here. You're a number one. <laughs> oh, that's right. That's right. Yes. Because, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. The only resort to have a uh, yeah bomb shelter, I believe, in Clem. <laughs> But they were nice because they were air conditioned. You just had to go in there all the time and kick the people from sleeping in there. So because it was the only places that were air conditioned. So all the time you'd have to go in there at night and say, you can't you can't sleep in here. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, I, I did a, a yeah season or two in, in Israel. So and I always say it's probably the most unique place I've ever been. Do you consider that as well? Yeah, I do. It uh, it was definitely unique. It had a, a a different kind of culture that you just can't translate. And, and also with the village just being so a hut village, which is amazing. And then I was actually sleeping up. My room was a part of the old Arabic village. So it was, uh, it was really beautiful. And you were there for the summer. That's a summer uh, village, correct? That is correct. Yeah. A little oh, summer. Okay. So you did our Z. Okay. So, uh, so, okay. So Vincent got, took you to, or got you the position. And so chief of animation. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I, I, you know, to this day, I still recall his sports demo at Columbus because it was the most elaborate and I had already been in club med a while and I couldn't believe how elaborate someone could make a sport demo. So I guess I always like hats off to him. Like I couldn't, <laughs> like we, you, had, oh, yeah. you had to enter on a certain note and you had to memorize the note of the classical music you had to go. <laughs> I was like, oh yeah. I love, always. I love the madness. Of always it. that. And then, and then, you know, of course the fire show, you can never forget the fire show. Oh yeah. <laughs> Swimming around the pool with a bunch of torches. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's winter. It's, it's, it's warm out. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Oh uh, no no I love yeah no, I love I see I, I no I loved it even though this is my third time there I I still like that season was better than the four other ones I did at Columbus you know like I mean I always loved Columbus but that time that team was like wow <laughs> this is a lot of talent here no it was I think it was a it was a great season had a super great season and plus you know it was white two K you know it's got a I remember they were like getting ready like we had to okay so we might have everything shut down because you know the the 2000 is coming. And I remember they said, okay, we have the one phone that costs like $15 a minute, you know, in case we have emergencies. <laughs> yeah. I remember, I remember running around asking GMs who were flying out that morning if they were scared <laughs> because of course the, com <laughs> the computers and the planes were affected by this. And I was like, are you, you guys you're leaving? Are you like, I don't know. I, I inadvertently, I think I was making them nervous. You know, they weren't thinking about it. <laughs> like, are you sure you want to get on that plane? How could you, you know? <laughs> <laughs> well, and then you, you know, and then it, it happens and, you know, we, we have it and because we're on the island, we have no idea what's going. And then all of a sudden the next day the arrival comes in and it's like, oh, I guess everything's back to normal. Okay. It's over. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. You bring up another point. So in 1990, how did you, that you, do you feel like you must've been totally 100% cut off from the news or were you ever curious about what was going on back home in the news? I was very cut off from the news. And I mean, if I wanted any, if you wanted any contact, you basically had one phone that you waited in line for, but it was just, it was really expensive. It was like yeah. four or 
was a minute to use the phone. Uh, you could get a fax, you could wait for fax, or you would wait for mail and get the, the letters. And, uh, you know, if you had a letter, I remember all the time you would write a letter to like, you know, your family or to whoever, and then you would meet some GMs and say, could you mail these for me and put some stamps on it? Because oh, yeah. I don't have enough money to <laughs> yeah, buy yeah. stamps. <laughs> yeah. yeah. This was before you, re you realized, you know, to come to the resort with stamps, you'd, yeah, you'd ask them to buy the stamps too. <laughs> That's exactly it. But yeah, I was very out of touch. I have really, it's, it's, it's kind of crazy because not to skip from my first season, but my second season when the Gulf War was starting, I was in Martinique. And to this day, I still don't really know a lot about the Gulf War because there was no TVs. There yes, was really exactly. nothing to know about. Exactly. I, I did my, my first season 94 in Turks and it was just when the OJ Simpson thing was happening and I didn't know what was going on. I remember the the, some geos were going up to every guest that, that would arrive on the charter. Okay, what happened? Because they were going through the court, right? OJ, and like, what, what did he say oh, next? Yeah. And they were, uh, it's crazy, but that's how we were getting our news. It was verbally, you know, by oh, yeah, just left definitely. <laughs> it was, it was, it was really crazy. It was kind of, it was kind of liberating in a way that you, you kind of just lived in the moment every day with just the guests and, and you did, you know, your activities with them and you, you, shared stories and they told stories about themselves and you really learned about the guests and it didn't really matter where they came from it was more just about the interactions and it was it was very liberating not having the news all the time like like we were like we're exposed to it now right <laughs> exactly yeah yeah the different time. I'd like to ask this question, I guess for you, uh, I don't I don't know if you could even pinpoint, but I was curious if you thought any one of your seasons was magical in any way compared to the other ones. Was it was it your first one because it was the first one or or do you not use that word at all or uh, each one was I, special in its own way? Yeah, I mean the first one I I don't know if my first one was magical. I think it was more like I said the deer in the headlights season. You just kind of don't, everything is just going so fast. You don't really kind of comprehend what's going on. So it kind of is a little bit of a blur. I think my first, you know, my, my first season was great, but I think later on I had some very magical seasons. Uh, my first season in Ixtapa was, it was really, it was a fun village. Oh, you did Ixtapa as well? I did. I did all the villages in Mexico except Sonora Bay. That's the only club I did not do. And which village in Mexico did you meet your future husband? I met my future husband or my husband now in Cancun. <laughs> wow. Okay. So what was it about Nick? I mean, you know, because I told Nick I, I I let it on that I had a guy crush on him uh, in Columbus, so I could I could see it. But what 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 did you see? <laughs> it was funny because I mean, honestly, when I went to Cancun, and I think that was the second the second time I was in Cancun. It wasn't my first season. It was my second time in Cancun, and I kind of went there like you know I don't want a boyfriend. You know I'm gonna party. I'm gonna be a single girl, and he was a young boy and I think he thought the the same thing and I don't know what it was but it was like right off the bat we were very much attracted to each other and uh 
we were together. We kept it very quiet for many, many months. We didn't let anyone know that we were together. Okay. So at the time, yeah, I was just curious if it was brought up in meetings, like, did they like politely discourage you from being in couple or they just said, look, do it, but we don't want to know about it. Or was that just your choice not to tell anyone? It was kind of our choice not to say anything because Hammer was a, a chef de village and, you know, of course he's married to Julie. So, you know, he can't really say no one there, but it was more like, you know, you have to be there for the guests and you can't be there, you know, holding hands with your boyfriend or girlfriend. As the saying is, no PDA, if you remember that expression. Yes. <laughs> so so what's it like when you see, so since you're keeping it a secret, what's it like when, I don't know, some cute GM is hitting on Nick in front of you? Because that, that's the bizarre part about having a girlfriend or boyfriend in club bed is that, you know, you're kind of, you know, your hands are tied, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> and especially was- if you're keeping it a secret. <laughs> It was, sometimes it was fun. Sometimes it was a game. Sometimes you'd be like, oh yeah, you know, this cute girl's hitting on. Sometimes there'd be a little bit of jealousy and you'd be like, uh, I think he's taken that a little bit too far. (laughs) 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 Oh yeah. It's so wild. Yeah. uh, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. uh, There's some ups and downs to having a relationship. In yes, bed, but that but that one always uh, it is crazy because you could uh, you know they'd say you okay we know you're going out but yeah no PDA but but every other guy or, or every other girl in Club Med could hug and kiss your boyfriend girlfriend but you can't which I always thought was a bit silly if you think about it like oh yeah you know definitely. like what okay <laughs> I remember my uh, very first season so I kind of got in couple with uh, one of the guys from the cuisine team. And I remember I was kind of, you know, seeing him, you know, whatever. It wasn't anything serious, but, you know, I was, you know, casual. And I remember uh, all the rest of the cuisine team all knew that I was with this guy. So uh, one day when I was my, I was, you know, maybe snorkeling that day or I was doing something, they snuck into my room. They stole all of my clothes, everything, everything from my entire room. And they put everything in his room, everything. They moved me completely out of my room and moved it into his room. And I came back to my room and I I had nothing. Like it was empty. And I remember I was like, oh my God, like someone stole all of my stuff. And, you know, I'm kind of walking around the village, like, you know, with the other, I'm like, I can't find any of my stuff. And finally, one of the, the kitchen guys comes to me and he's like, you have to go to this room. And there was all my stuff hung up in his closet and all my shoes next to his shoes and everything like that. Did that work? No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> they thought it was funny, but it, no, nice. it didn't work. <laughs> nice. Okay. I'm glad. I think he was a little upset because, you know, he, he was a little bit of a player. Okay. <laughs> Good for you. Okay. <laughs> Uh, wow. Okay. Uh, oh yeah. I almost forgot to ask you about crazy signs. Did you like them at first right away? I did. I love the crazy yeah. signs. I think they're fun. Yeah. I going up there and just, you know, letting loose and singing on the top of your lungs. Why not? I love them. You have a top three. Uh, the original crazy sign, of course, the story. That's uh, the best. Oh one, yeah. Always. That's the hardest one to learn. Damn it. I, I still struggle with that one. <laughs> I like it. And then if you got really good, you could do it like super fast. Well, yeah, you know? yeah. The, yeah. They speed it up right at one point. <laughs> right. <laughs> But uh, I I know someone mentioned before. Yes, I hated the bon Froquette. I hated oh God, that one. Yeah. That I, was probably yeah. one of my worst ones. I hated. Oh, it was always on elegant night. It was ninety degrees, and then you know the French chief of village wanted to have a marathon of it. No, one more time, you know. And you're like, oh my I, God, are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> 
and the duck dance. I, I really did not like the duck dance. Okay, good. I think, yeah, we're on the same page there. <laughs> okay. When uh, it was funny when me and Nick got married, uh, the DJ, we said, look, <laughs> there's a couple of things. You do not play the duck dance and you do not play YMCA. Oh, do man. not play those two songs at our wedding at all. <laughs> good for you. Yeah, those are deal breakers. Okay. <laughs> Okay, last question. If there's anyone out there who's thinking or on the fence about becoming a GO, should they do it, Veronica? Yes, they should do it. I think it's a, uh, you make lasting friends forever. It's, it's crazy. I mean, the invention of Facebook was probably the GO savior because, you know, you had, you met all these people, but you, it was very hard to keep connections with everybody from around the world. And then Facebook came around and now you, you're just a click away from your friends in Australia in Israel and all these places. And it's fun. Like when you get together with some of the geos, it's not awkward. It's like all of a sudden you just pick up to where you were just the day before when you were working with them or, you know, before, it's it's fantastic i i think it's a great thing so yeah so yeah i would say that too i mean it's it's an experience do it for six months if you want try it out right i mean it's not well i was supposed to only do it for six months and i ended up doing 15 years Uh, me too i thought i was only (laughs) going to do six months and stayed for 10 my my father was a little angry after he had told me to work for club med and then he was like after a couple years he's like i i didn't want you to make a career out of this Well, it is his fault, right? So, exactly. <laughs> well, everyone, that was Miss Veronica Margellis. Veronica, I want to thank you again. Wow, for so much for coming on. It was so good to hear your voice again and, and talk about uh, old times. And uh, I really want to thank you for sharing your story with us here today. Well, thank you so much for inviting me. I hope that uh, my stories were entertaining. Uh, it's it, I was nervous. I'm still nervous. <laughs> oh, oh no, God, it's me. <laughs> it's me. The guy has a crush on your husband, remember? <laughs> That's true. <laughs> all right, everyone. Thanks again, Veronica. We will see you all next week. Goodbye. Bye.